Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I had just learned about pleasure mapping from my somatic healer. And you literally touch your body from like your head to your toes, but you do it very slowly. So you start to just trace things, but the intention is to pay attention to things you may have never noticed before. So somebody might get to their armpits and be like, oh my God, like I didn't know that that, you know, for me, it was like the back of my knees, (laughs) which I was like, oh, And you're kind of saying to yourself, I love you over and over again in your mind. And then I started to get very aroused. Then I spread. This made you horny? Yes. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I said. Hi there, lovers and friends. My name is Sham Boudram. I am a sex and relationship educator who traditionally takes a science-based practical approach in the work that I do. And I say traditionally, because I genuinely feel after this episode, things are going to change for me. And as a result, it will change the way that I approach my work. And that's a pretty nutty statement to make that this conversation that you're about to listen to, this next 45 plus or an hour, I can't remember what the final count's gonna be at this point, the next little time we're gonna spend together was so impactful for me that it's gonna change the way that I've approached over 15 years of doing this work. And that's because things like this were said in the episode. It was the first time that I had experienced affirmations or someone affirming me while making love to me. Um, It was also the first time I had- What does that sound like? You're powerful. You are so beautiful. You are loved. You are love. You are healthy. You are successful. Now I dive into this more in a YouTube video, so go and check that out. But in short, after having my second baby, I have definitely noticed that sexually, things are very different for me. And at first, these differences felt like a loss, like something that used to be magical, that used to click, no longer quite is. But through my conversation with Narielle, I learned that it's not necessarily that things are lost, but instead that I have just transcended to a new stage in my life, to a new version of myself. And now I have to find a new exciting way to engage with my body and to engage with my sexual self. And sacred sex and the ideologies behind that might be the key for me. And as again, someone who's worked in this space for a long time, it kind of feels like a no duh bitch moment. Like how did it take you this long to realize that this could be an additive for you? That is because The other interactions I've had with sacred sex have not been all that sexy to me. (gasps) And I'm gonna be honest, this is what comes to mind. This is what came to mind. If somebody poses the idea of fusing spirituality and sexuality together. And for those of you who are listening, I just played a clip that's pretty cringy. 
And I'm sorry to say that I know it's offensive, especially to the people who are in the video, but yeah, lean into it. It's a little crazy looking. It's a little hokey looking. And the visual of that detracted me because I don't want to look crazy and hokey. Furthermore, the experiences I've had with people in this field, they haven't always felt like they were there with me, you know, and it's probably because they're not, they're on a different frequency. And furthermore, there are a couple of principles that are associated with sacred sex that I do not subscribe to. One of those principles being soul ties, the idea that the more partners that you have, the less capable you are of loving and being loved by other people because you have all these other connections that are draining you. Um, as I Googled and researched for this episode about sacred sexuality, a lot of the most popular videos that came up were around the negativity that this area can tend to spew on promiscuity or people who have multiple partners. So when we mix with someone, we literally are taking on their energetic uh, field. We're taking on their karmic. And when I say karmic, I'm talking about ancestral, I'm talking about lineage, thousands of years of energy. So when you have sexual intercourse, you're having all of that. How do you undo it? That's difficult because when there is intercourse, there's also a soul tie. The recommendation therefore is that you minimize the number of partners. I just am a believer that you get to have the sex life that you want, that you choose, and that getting to know yourself and your needs and your body is the blueprint and everything else is just the details. And so any type of practice that is very prescriptive in what liberation looks like does not feel like liberation to me. But again, I think Tenariel was one of the first people I've spoken to where it didn't feel like it was coming from a place of telling you to do or be less, um, or experience sex and pleasure in a very specific way, but instead was curious about what you needed and allowing you tools and practices to get more of that. And some of those tools are a little woo-woo, um, but if you can lean into that as a potential to unlock pleasures that you haven't experienced before, unlock parts of yourself, it can be very beautiful as it was for her. And so I hope that you will take this as a warning sign um, or as an invitation to join me on this journey to learn more about this field that I am now deeply curious about. And without further ado, let's get into the person who brought me to this point. Tenariel Stevens, AKA Mama Saturn, is a singer, songwriter, model, actress, and an instrumentalist with over 30 million streams on Spotify, who you might know from her tour with Ari Lennox, her single, Nothing Without You, featured in HBO's hit show, Insecure, or from her Playboy cover in 2020. She is who you think of when you think of peak sacred sex, but she explained it in a way that is not what you think. And that's what I loved most about our conversation. The entire day today, I've been singing that Sierra song. Which one? It could have been Body Party. It could have been Promise. It could have been Body Party. Those are all sacred sexuality could it songs. It could be Promise. For, that is so true. Well, she was moving pretty sacredly sexually you're so sultry and dreamy and sensual and sexy and whimsical thank you so when this was pitched as a topic you wanted to talk about i was like yes also let me just preface this by saying i am so not tapped into sacred sexuality really really 
That's shocking to me. It would be for most people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a lot more, I think, practical. Okay. And robotic. Um, okay. Than most people think. But I am fascinated by it. And I love people who engage in it. And I love hearing stories about it. So. Yeah. And I adore you. So it all made sense. Oh, thank you. Can you break it down for the people? What is sacred sexuality? It's just a moment to really hone in on your spirit and honor her, him, that, and give it what it needs. So for me, a lot of it can either be like sacred self-pleasure, moments of just observing myself and witnessing myself. Anything sacred to me is about honoring your yes and honoring your no. So it's a different practice for me. It's new for me. A lot of things... Um, that I would do in the past were because I felt that I was expected to or that I had to. And that's because of certain traumas that I faced as a kid. And so that trained me and taught me how to engage with sex or how to look at it. So now immediately doing things because I want to or not, it makes it sacred like off the bat. And then they're all like the the things that you can kind of add to make it more beautiful and how people initially think of sacred, I feel like lighting incense and candles and you got your binaural beats playing and, you know, more energetic work or however, you know, you practice those things. But yeah. I would love to start at the climax and then work our way backwards okay. um, to how you got there. So can you share like an incredible sacred sexual experience that you've had? Oh, yes. I had just learned about pleasure mapping from my somatic healer. So pleasure mapping is pretty much like being in a moment, being to yourself, and you literally touch your body from like your head to your toes, but you do it very slowly. So you start to just trace things, but the intention is to pay attention to things you may have never noticed before. So somebody might get to their armpits and be like, oh my God, like I didn't know that that, you know, for me, it was like the back of my knees, <laughs> which I was like, oh. And so now that's becoming a moment. You're going down. I get to my toes. I really like that. And then I started to do some heart womb breathing so you come up, well, I'm talking in like, like I'm teaching it, but this is like my experience. And I touch my heart and my stomach and you breathe into your stomach and then you take like a second breath within that breath into your heart. And then I did that for like what five minutes. What does it minutes. sound like? It's like a... And that was like the pace of it. And you're kind of saying to yourself, I love you over and over again in your mind. And then I started to get very aroused. And then I spread. This made you horny? Yes. Oh, wow. But you're doing the breathing after the pleasure method. Okay, so you did the four. I've play. already like touched my body, my arms, you know, all of those things. And then I went into the heart wound breath. Mm. Yeah. Does the breath so get faster? The bre It can, depending on the person. But for me, I like that pace. Um, and I'll even start to like perspire a bit, you know, start to really get into it. Like I'm, I'm very um, sensual. So I like to hear things like so hearing my own breathing turns me on. I don't know if that's um, self-centered or not. I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> I'm so like, either. My breath gets me every time. <laughs> um, 
And then from there, I did yoni gazing, which is like witnessing yourself. So I spread my legs and I just stared at myself, which a lot of people don't do. A lot of people don't look down there. Um, and even that becomes something because you're seeing yourself and your, um, what's the polite word, your juices or <laughs> is that a polite word? Yes. Um, and that would get me more aroused. And then I played and it was so beautiful because in that it was like, this is a moment for me. And as I was orgasming, I would think about like something I wanted to manifest and that made me like come even harder. And it was beautiful. And this is just hands, just fingers, just your just body me. on your body. Yeah, you know, I'm not very crazy about um, like uh, penetration, like penetrative toys. I've tried, I have like a crystal, like an amethyst one that I've used like twice, but that was more so intentional, like for a healing, like a specific practice. But I I really prefer like the girls. They do what they need to do for me. <laughs> I've, I've played with like a couple other ones. There's like that rose one and like yes, yes. some of the ones that have like a little flicker thing that happens. But yeah, that's. I feel like I've always preferred just... Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm my own favorite sex toy. Yeah. And like, truth, like, my husband's mouth is my favorite sex toy, but it's, like, an extension of me now because yeah. we work together so intimately. But, yeah, yeah like, I prefer that. Okay, prefer I'm flesh. glad you get me. Yeah, some people, and it's no judgment, but some people have, like, a whole trunk of, like their own favorite gadgets and stuff like that. And to me, it just makes it like so I mean, complex. shit, I got a whole storage area. So I'm part of, of that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, about abundance. I like to have options and toys. But yeah. I'm like, my tried, tested, and favorite experiences. And to be honest, those are more the novelty things. Yeah. Like some people might do hands and touches, like the novelty thing. Like, let me do this. Like, let me try this again. Yeah. It's kind of old school. Like, yeah. feels like a high school shout out. Yeah. I need to get more into like maybe adding some stuff just like you said for the options like just to see what else is out there I don't really have much like knowledge about a lot of like the I see a bunch of the different things and I'm like that looks like it hurts that looks like this what is that even doing and they're expensive yes they are expensive, Toys are expensive. And, and I'm like a bougie girl too so I'm like I very much I've tried like the little like quick little vibrators and like I don't like how that sounds I don't like how this plastic feels on me I don't like I'm like into I like uh Lilo I think that's how it's pronounced I have like a couple of those um, products but I did get one recently at my trip in New York and I did not like that one at all and I've been like stressed because I don't think I can return it oh <laughs> I'm like but I think there's something wrong with it like I'm yes. like this can't be what it's supposed to be is not what it said on the box. Like, That's why you got to just enlist your inner middle-aged white woman and write the management company and be like... I'm quick with an like, email now. It was my birthday. I purchased this as a gift. It was I a special was treat. I was it. looking forward to I it. I set it up. I had on a silk robe and <laughs> candles and just to be disappointed. Maybe I'll do an email. It's literally still sitting there. And we'll <laughs> let the people know if I get a refund on my money or not, too. Okay, good. To be continued. To be continued. Well, speaking of time, this, I think the reason why a lot of people find sacred sexuality or the practice to be unapproachable, mm -hmm. right word, because it feels like it's a lot of time commitment. Yeah. Would you say that it is? 
I feel like in terms of starting to learn the things that I needed to know, definitely. Um, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of like trial and error and finding the things that <clears throat> are for you. But again, I genuinely feel that things are so subjective and the best thing that we could all do for ourselves is to like get the thought out of our minds of what we think things may look like. Like, for instance, this whole soft girl life. Everyone has like this particular idea of what that looks like, but it could be different for everyone. Like it doesn't have to be like super expensive. It doesn't have to be like super aesthetically pleasing. Like, oh, I can only do this. It's kind of like um, a big struggle I've had with self-care, like this idea of if I'm not getting it perfect, um, like I woke up and I didn't touch my phone and I did my breath work and then I meditated and then I did like if I'm not getting then it's not self-care. I feel like it's the same thing in terms of like sacred sexuality. Like it is what it is for you. It doesn't have to be time consuming. It's all about like intention, just having your partner and being like, can we just take a few moments or um just a few minutes of just eye gazing and and not touching each other and just settling in to this moment of being present with each other. I love what you said, though, about the work that it took to really approach this space and mm -hmm. give it the energy that it needed. Yeah. To be in a space where you could practice self-love, where you could practice sensuality, where you could care on yourself, where you could love on yourself. Those aren't things you can that many people have the luxury of just deciding to do. Yeah. I feel like the path chose me because I was in a really hurt place. Um, and it was heartbreaking. Like I remember being in a space where I thought like I would never have sex again um, because I was just always so like, I started getting really um, sensitive to touch. I started getting- um, very To the point that it was painful? Yes, like physically on a physical level, I started or I started to feel nauseous. I started to feel it was like all of these experiences started to build up in me and my body was like shutting down to it all um, because I had numb things for so long. And when you get to a space like that, I feel um, for me as a woman, I felt like, well, this is a huge part of our role, like how they paint it as a woman. So if I don't have this and I don't have anything, I was super depressed about it. Um, it was hard to speak about because in this world, that's all anyone ever talks about, right? It's like what they're doing and who they're doing it with and what they're doing. And, and you know, and I'm just sitting here like, I would rather not. And I'm in my 20s, um, my early 20s at the time. And I'm just like, I'm broken. Something is wrong. I didn't realize I was on autopilot was doing a lot of things that I would have rather not done that I didn't want to do I didn't care to I just thought that I had to even something as simple as like sending nudes like I with my um partner that I'm with now it was so funny I was like you know I feel like this is one of the first times I've actually like sent a nude because I wanted to I felt good and wanted to show you like wow look at me as opposed to I have to do this so this person will like me they're expecting this. Oh, they're not texting me back. Let me get their attention again. Like just being taught to chase and um, kind of get attention in the wrong way. So in terms of sacred sexuality, it was something that chose me. It was like my saving grace. And um, it came at a time when I was actually really ill. I wasn't like on this path searching to heal in this way. But in um, 
realizing that I had to unpack a lot of trauma in order to get my physical health back. That's how the path like kind of chose me. It was like pretty beautiful and magical. And did a healthcare practitioner suggest it to you? Like, how did it come across your path? So my um, therapist, she's a somatic healer, um, and she's also a tantric healer, and uh, um, she's um, certified in like traumatic healing, whether it be um, trauma healing by like yoga or certain things of that nature. So it all, I kind of just got like this beautiful package of a person and I was kind of here for the other things and everything else just started to take form by the middle of us healing. It all, you start to realize how tied together everything is. Um, And so in moments like the heart wound breathing, initially that wasn't a sexual practice. It was just a practice to like center into myself and to like fall in because I would dissociate a lot. Um, And in doing certain practices, I started to realize as I was getting like healthy again that I was becoming aroused. And I was like, am I fucking weird? Like I remember going to her and being like, is this weird? Like I was supposed to be doing a meditation where I was like um, imagining my higher self and she like turned me on. Like I saw her and I was like, oh my God. Like it was like me, but not me. And um, that became like the beginning of that healing journey for me, like the, the sexual healing part, like finding that those moments and that sacredness within myself instead of looking outward for it. You're the second person on the podcast to tell the story of masturbating to yourself and the vision. I'm masturbating and I'm not thinking about other people. I'm thinking about the success and the art that I'm going to be creating. And it turns me on so much. But I'm like, whoa. And I see the future vision of myself. And I'm like, wow, she's so beautiful and sexy and interesting. And the art, the possibilities, I could go here and here and here. And I'm literally orgasming, org- orgasming to yourself, to the thought of what is possible for myself. Pop it in right quick before we jump back into Tenariel's interview. So I can tell you about the sponsor of this episode, Apostrophe. And I told you about them a few weeks back. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with a team of dermatologists to help get you a customized treatment plan for your unique skin and skin goals. And I mentioned this also back then that through pregnancy with Zaya, I developed melasma, which is brown patches on your face. And I got them in between my eyes, above my eyebrows and right above my lip which is like a permanent mustache. And I thought there was nothing I could do about this until I finished breastfeeding. But with the apostrophe team, we found a treatment that was safe for me. Plus I found a great sunscreen that's good for prevention. So whatever your skincare goals are and needs are, I highly suggest you consider apostrophe. So with apostrophe, your treatment gets delivered right to your door. It came to me in a cute box with clear instructions and bonus, it had some really fun stickers. Through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne and manage other skin conditions. Simply fill out an online consultation about your medical history, share your skin goals, snap a few selfies, and then a board-certified dermatologist will review in order to create your customized treatment plan. Now, here is where the fun starts. We have an offer just for our audience. Ooh, right in time, Ryu. This is the best part. Are you ready? Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash lovers when you use our code lovers. That's a savings of $15, right? 
This code is only available to our listeners, baby. To get started, go to apostrophe.com slash lovers and click begin visit. Then use our code lovers at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Are you impressed? <laughs> Thank you to Apostrophe for sponsoring this episode. Bye, Ryu. I love you. This timeline is interesting to me because we've been connected mm-hmm. through six degrees of separation for a long time now when I reflect yeah. on it. So I know two people who've been madly in love with you. Mm-hmm. And I also know of your music, of course. And so when I heard the year 2019, uh-huh. that kind of struck me because I'm like, no, Scenario has been sexually liberated. She's been in Playboy. She has been in charge of her body and sharing her body in a way that felt really empowering before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like your actual sexual awakening came through the pandemic mm-hmm. and now thereafter. Yeah. So what was it before and what is it now? Before I was trying to find power within my sexuality, um, I was trying to find it through the photos I was taking. I remember me and my mom going back and forth so much over like the pictures I would take. Like, I don't know. And I'm just like, mom, like, this is just like, this is my me standing in my power like I'm liberated like we don't have to be who society tells us we have to be like kind of like a fake it till you make it type situation um and in terms of my music I would find so much like um catharsis in being that girl so when I listen back to those songs and um, especially in a time when I didn't feel really grounded in that like I listen to those songs and I have so many people tell me like I found myself to your music or I've grieved to your music or me and my partner like have the best sex to your music. I'm like, well, that's nice. (laughs) Must be nice, you know, because here I am like struggling with self-image and self-esteem and insecurities that I've had since I was a kid. Um, So I think those were just words just flowing through that were true to me and true to my higher self. I just had to find it and find her. And it's still like... um, daily work for sure but I am like a hundred trillion percent like a different I'm not even a girl anymore like I'm a woman I do see myself as like a young woman now so that was her kind of like this is who I want to be and now it's like who I've become through the journey what was sex like during that fake it till you make it time did your body know that it was fake I was in a partnership at that time, like my first real kind of partnership. Um, So it was just very much like I loved him very much as like how a young girl could love somebody. Um, But it was definitely that idea like you you do what you're like, what you have to do for your partner, whatever your partner likes, you like whatever. your partner wants than you want it was very much still stuck in that trauma stage of like this is what my experiences as a kid taught me about these things and so if you want someone to love you then then and you love them then you give them what they want and looking back on it I used to feel a lot of shame but that's not fair to her now I feel like a lot of grace and compassion and um, 
And I just, whenever I think about her, I just like hug her, you know, um, and tell her like, it's okay. You know, you're just living and you're just learning. And I do feel like I wish at that time that I I was in a, a headspace to be more intentional with my partner as well, because like that's the thing. It changes everything to be able to say yes or to say no um, and to be able to give your all because you want to and to be able to do it because you genuinely feel it and you feel beautiful and you feel sexy. Um, I feel like that's the best way to love on your partner. Like you love yourself first and then they mm-hmm. come second if I'm putting you first, then there's no way you're getting the best version of me. So well, it's not really you. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not even me. It's who I think I have to be. Do you subscribe to the fake it till you make it philosophy? I feel like, you know, it's so funny when I was in college, I had this friend and we will always be like next time on fake it till you make it because we were like, <laughs> we're going to have a, a reality show because it was just felt very much like how Los Angeles was. Um I feel like in certain circumstances, yes, but not so much like the fake it till you make it way. I'm very big in in like manifesting. I'm very much into like feeling is a secret, um, you know, centering into yourself and being like, this is my life in order for it to be your life. And so in terms of that, yes, I feel like, you know, if you sit around saying you're broke all day, you're going to be broke. So in my mind, it's like if you sit and you're like, I'm wealthy, I'm abundant, I'm taken care of, I'm sexy, I'm beautiful. You will over time, like become those things. You'll wake up one day and be like, oh, shit, I have a voice memo and I haven't I still haven't listened to it. But I recorded it during that time as my future self talking to myself like everything worked out, you healed, you got better because like I just had to talk to myself that way or I didn't know I was gonna make it. I love you, Tenerio. Coming from Tenerio, you are special, girl. You are beautiful. You are loved and you deserve love. (laughs) It is not easy. It is not easy. But you're doing it because you know that you got this and you got you and God got you and the universe got you. You're fine, mama. Even if you're not feeling your best to just like place yourself in it, you know, like you you can decide to be whoever you want to be. You have that power. I, I genuinely feel that way. I have such a love hate relationship with that because I feel exactly what you feel that it is important to speak a uh, higher version into yourself, into your reality at, at all times. Yeah. And yeah, like sometimes we're our own worst critic and it's not that we're not worthy of something, but that we, you know, don't tell ourselves or allow ourselves to like expand in those places yeah. because we're always minimizing ourselves. So it's mm-hmm. like, no, like even if you don't feel that way, you probably are that way. So just act like it already exists because it's going to exist or it probably already does. Mm-hmm. But that to be said, it like, if you think about that advice, like to a doctor, like fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, bitch, go to med school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, like for certain things you <laughs> want to do. It would be nice Absolutely. if you put the actual work in and prepared mm-hmm. yourself. And so that when I call you a doctor, it's mm-hmm. not because that's what you aspire to be. It's because what yeah, you put the work you in worked to be. for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I absolutely believe in working for like certain things you want to get to. And it sounds like sacred sexuality is one of those things, like being a doctor, that you really can't fake it till you make it. You have to work towards it. Yeah. 
because it has in terms of that sacredness it has to be in that what you actually want so yeah I'm not gonna like be intimate with someone and go like maybe one day I'll wake up and actually want to do this or be with this person it's like you gotta want it or even in terms of like doing those practices with yourself it does take work and it definitely does take time and it's not always easy even once you find the practice sometimes you'll find a lot of the challenge is doing the practice a lot of us are so busy and like consumed and like things that we're going through or things that people we love are going through or like hustle 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 and but I need to get this or I need to do that how could I possibly find time to like genuinely take this moment to be here intentionally with my partner without trying to rush it so I can be on my way because the world can make you feel like that comes last always. So that that is definitely like a, a challenge for sure. I think it's an important lesson too because these things can seem topical. Like self-care can seem topical. Mm-hmm. Like take a bath, right? Like Yeah, do a face put mask. Put on this and then do you get this. that. Mm-hmm. But it's like Taking a bath has no meaning to it if you haven't there's really. No intention. If there's no intention. Yeah. And the only way you get intention is by figuring out what you're like and mm-hmm. what you really like and yeah. what you don't like. Like doing that work to discover who you are, to make mm-hmm. your yeses yeses and your noes noes. Yeah. That isn't something that you can just put on. And that's what makes it sacred to me. That in, the in, the intention behind everything, like whatever it is you're doing, that is what makes it sacred. So if we were to talk about some of the, you've done the work, you've enlisted the help of an expert who you deeply trust, mm-hmm. who you have a long-term relationship with, yes. and you've invited into your life in a meaningful way that's expanded your pleasure potential and your potential for self-expression in ways you never imagined. Yeah. So we probably can't cover off on that in this podcast. It's a lot. So if we got to the topical part of it, when you got to the other side, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that um, started making sex fun again? Hmm. Some of the things that, you know what, this is going to sound, I hope this doesn't sound like, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm working on uh, not disclaiming myself, by the way. Oh, good for yeah, you. Thanks. Um, I don't know why that's such a huge thing. Um, saying what I like and what I don't like, first of all. Because I used to be so scared. If something didn't feel good, I didn't want to um, kind of like deflate someone's ego. So I would just like go along for like the ride and just be like, oh, yeah. Now being like to actually take the time to be like, oh, no, I don't. Maybe like this. Maybe try this like that. That made things very fun for me because also someone can like take direction well. For some reason, that really just, I don't know if it's like a communication thing and just like a huge mental thing for me, but you're just like, yes, that's it. Good job. You know, I don't know what that is, but that made things more fun for me going to like sex stores together and just even if it's just looking at stuff together. Is it mostly like sacred sex tools? Like, do you feel like there is a relationship between the things and the intention or the intention Mm -hmm. is there and then the things are whatever you want it to be. Like, I'm glad we get to talk about this today because like, I I feel like there's a thing, just like spirituality here in LA, like 
You can say something and then there's a look, there's a look to it. But it is all about the intention behind it because people can like look like anything and it can be hitting for nothing. Like I definitely feel like it is more about it's just more about the intention. I don't know if even in that it sounds like less interesting than people may think that it is because they may think that it's all these like bells and whistles. But for me, it's it's not all that stuff. I've had this moment, not this moment, this experience recently with my therapist where she asked to hold me and I was like, mm-hmm. And she said, I'm going to need a verbal yes of consent from you. And I just lost it because you don't realize how many times in your life you don't actually say yes. You just kind of like are going along with emotions and going with the flow. Um, So all that to say, like it still is very much still a, a, a practice for me even in that. So the the most sacred part for me is saying, yes, I have to choose myself first. And I never did that. So this is a huge thing for me at this point in my life. It's very, it's very new for me. And sometimes it's nauseating, like choosing yourself and then being like, what did I say? What did I do? Should I go back? And what does this mean? (laughs) Never mind. You actually can, you know, but, um, but I'm happy for it. And these hard choices and the hard work that you've done have led you to your healthiest relationship yet. Yeah. That you're currently in. Yeah, it's very positive. And to end things off, I feel like when we talked about sex for you, that was completely sacred. You were like, oh, solo experience or. So do you have a partnered story that you want to end things off with? I do have a partnered story. It felt like you did. I didn't want to press and be I a perv, have a but it felt, story. I felt it. Um. It's a story from the past, but it was at the at the beginning of this healing. It was just full of consent, which I don't even know what that means. Just a lot of yeses. Yes, this is okay. Yes, that's okay. Um, and it was the first time that I had experienced affirmations or someone affirming me while making love to me. Um it was also the first time I had... What does that sound like? You're powerful. You are so beautiful. You are loved. You are love. You are healthy. You are successful. Like literally just affirming me. Thank you. I'm so grateful for this moment. It literally felt like just spirals. Just everything was just like unlocking, which is it's actually funny that I do that because I think that's how our, our chakras churn. Um, that's what it felt like. I just felt completely elevated and lifted off this planet. And that set the standard for me. I asked Tanariel at the end of our interview, what is the best compliment that she has ever gotten from somebody after having sex with them? And she shared with me off camera. So I will not share with you here, but I will say that the Yelp reviews are good. And I want to issue a similar five-star hands down, 10 toes deep. Ugh, wow, that was amazing. Review for Tenariel, who I just think is such a joy. And fun fact, that was our first time ever meeting when she came on the interview for the podcast. She is also connected with Kevin, who you might know from my other content. He's just my makeup. He's my friend. 
But Kevin came that day as well because he did her makeup for Lovers and Friends. Um, that's why she looks so fantastic. I mean, she looks fantastic because she looks fantastic, but Kevin gave an extra little on top. So then after that, Kevin is also friends with my sister and he invited Tenariel to my sister's housewarming on the weekend that just passed. So we went from not knowing each other at all to being sort of loosely familiar um, to having this great conversation to now being connected in a very familial way. Anyways, enough about how I have connected with Tenariel. Here is how you can do the same. Go to Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter and type in Tenariel. That's it. T-A-N-E-R-E-L-L-E. And um, you can follow her journey. She has beautiful content, artistic and sensual and just delicious. So find those links in the show notes. And we're going to keep going because I really wanted to finish this episode out by just asking some plain old stupid questions, some sacred sex for dummies questions, because that's where I'm at right now. And in case any of you are similarly intrigued, but not yet knowledgeable, this is for you too. What up, Shan? My name is Brendan Durrell. Um, I wear many hats and today it's, it's going to be the the sacred sex, the um, the 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 intimacy of what a deep connection could look like while lovemaking. Um, but other than that, I, I work with men in emotional health, men's mental health. I dabble in Tantra. I'm a lifelong student, breathwork, cacao, um, many, many hats that I wear. Um, but my favorite thing is being human and that's why I'm here. Well, you're also here because you're my friend and you are somebody that I deeply trust as an expert in this space who I have learned a lot from you really through touch and go points, almost your Instagram stories, brief moments that we've had together at the gym. I mean, obviously as time has gone on, we've got to spend more intimate time together, but I think this is my first time really asking you about the work that you do. Um, so let's start with the basics. What is sacred sex? When I think of sacred sex, I, I think of just a very deep, intentional, safe space to, to have mind blowing sex to have godly type of sex, to have this thing where it's like, I'm going to touch the face of God um, with this other person. If you believe in God or a higher power, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But it's this thing that's it's very intentional, very, very, very intentional. That feels heady. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of the times when we talk about sacred sexuality, it can feel very heady, it can feel very abstract. Is there like um, just like bare bones, coals, is there a sacred sex for dummies definition that you could share with me? Yeah, so I would say if there was a sacred sex for dummies definition, it's um, a deep curiosity. A deep curiosity with no end goal. And I know that's very tough for somebody who is a thinker to be like, I can't be curious for my whole life without an answer. You know, somebody like you specifically. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep being curious without this thing at the end. And with sacred sexuality, it, it actually it is that. You know, there is no end goal. Um, there's, there's compassion, there's safety, there's reverence. There's these things that is just like you create a space where you get to feel all of your sensations, like deeply all of the sensations. So everything from touch, from sight to sound, all of these things is part of sacred sexuality. So I would say in a practical term, it's invoking all of your senses in the moment with somebody you trust. So as you mentioned, a lot of people have some touch and go with spirituality and sexuality fusing. So if people have heard of it, what are some other names or terms they might have heard associated with it? Like if we think of sacred sex as an umbrella term, what's underneath it or commonly associated with it? I would say um, 
it's it's a deep meditation, you know. It's a it's a sexual meditation if, if that's a thing. Um, it's it's a pleasure prayer. It's um, it's praying with with the body, praying with our bodies together, synced up. Um, and it's a uh, it's it's marathon sex to put it into actual like another term like marathon sex. It's it's not like a a, a sexual practice where it's just like in and out and goodbye. Um, you, there has to be some time dedicated, patience, compassion, especially, and I speak from my point of view, which I'm a heterosexual man, but from my experiences, it's going to be that. But it's also for everybody when I speak, just to let everybody know, um, everybody can partake in these practices with somebody when you're syncing up with the heart. Um, but it's actually like, it's you, you get to be in the moment with somebody and where nothing else matters. Like it's just, you're in there and you have a common goal. Like your, your, your bodies, the experience merges up together. What do you have to believe in order to have a shot at having sacred sex? This is going to sound a bit woo for some of y'all. And, uh, but I'm going to stick to it based on my experience. Um, but the first thing is a deep reverence, a deep respect for something that's larger than I, me, and larger than my partner in the moment that I'm experiencing this with. It's literally as if the way that I experience it and, I, and I've been teaching it is that we're praying together to something higher than us with our bodies. So I feel there has to be some kind of acknowledgement of like whatever created us, because something did create us, you know, something did. And we we're in 2022 and people still say, what if, you know, like there's actually no absolute thing. But it's just having this this reverence, this respect that something higher than us and, and grand that we're a part of, you know, is, is we're going to that point together based on orgasm, based on these sensations. Oh, I felt that one, Brendan. That was a great answer. Speaking of great, you are great at what you do. You are extremely talented, but I know the road to the space that you're at now was not a short road. Um, so can you share a little bit of the practices, the work, the experiences that you've had that for you have deeply enriched your experiences as somebody who wants to engage with sex this way, but also somebody who teaches other people to engage in the same ways? I, I wasn't going to share this in the beginning, and but I feel because we're already in this, you know, in this point, and it's like, uh, you inspire me with vulnerability. I'm going to share the, the experience that got me into um, essentially what I do today. And it started practically being at a breathwork session, literally being at a breathwork session in a room full of people. And um, I remember we were probably at like minute 26 of this long breathwork guided session. And it was breathing through the mouth. It was mouth breathing for full on 26 minutes. And I remember I just, there's something just popped inside of me just absolutely popped. And next thing you know, I felt this rush of like heat um, going from my toes literally to the top of my head. I was crying. Um, tears kept coming down. Um, I was shaking a bit, like the chill shakes. And I literally had this thought like, yo, I just came on myself in front of all these people. Like, like what just happened to me? And... <laughs> I low-key tried to slide my hand down my pants to see how wet I actually was because it felt like a whole lot of fucking liquid, a lot of liquid. And I was like, what is this? And then I realized I was dry. 
Um, I just, I was like, what just happened? What did I feel? There was no, there was nothing to prove physically what, of what I just felt, if that makes any sense. And that literally, that moment started my journey to, to getting into Tantra, getting into um, sacred sexuality, because it was the beginning of me really um, knowing that they're synonymous, but also very different when it comes to ejaculation and orgasm. So that set me on my path to where I'm at today. I think that you have a very fresh and approachable way of talking about this. And I think that's a genuine gift because this space can often feel very unapproachable. But when you talk about it and you describe it, it's like, oh, this feels like everybody can find an end point to this. So what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions around sacred sex that makes it feel like this is for some people, not for all people? I would say it's... um that you have to come in on a white horse, like holy and, and clean, metaphorically clean, that you have to come into the space like, you know, like a saint or an angel. And it's, it's actually not like that. Um, and in the actual um, spiritual terminology, the neo-spiritual terminology, and Jared and I were getting down on this a lot in, in beautiful conversations about a lot of the words and catchphrases that people use, like soulmate, twin flame, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like you you don't have to be in the... In, in, in 4D, 5D, 6D, 7D vibrational frequencies in order to experience this, this groundbreaking, this earth-shaking, this heavenly nirvanic kind of experience with yourself and with somebody else. So it's come as you are, literally come as you are. And what you do need, like um, put aside the misconceptions, you definitely need discipline. You need discipline and devotion to, to your personal practices. I ran into a teacher. He's a Rinpoche from the Bhutan. He's a, a monk from uh, in, in Tibetan Tantra. And I went to this experience he was putting together, this 14-day um, this experience, and um, a tantric experience. And I went there thinking like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like, I'm a, I'm a, um, put in more things to my in, in my in my repertoire. I'm going to add more stuff to my bag. I'm going to learn little tricks so I can just be like that guy. You know, I could be that guy. Complete opposite of that. It was literally 14 days of discipline. It was almost like a, a Buddhist boot camp. And then I got it. It clicked. I can't have these mind-blowing experiences with all that power experiencing all those things in my body without discipline without a structure to actually hold those experiences because it's an, it's a, essentially, it's a kind of power, you know, it's a power that it got me thinking like, yo, I need more of that thing that I experienced on the floor during breathwork. I need more of that thing. Discipline allows me to experience that thing more consistently. Is it every time? Absolutely not. But can I get there more consistently now than I used to six years ago? Absolutely. Because of discipline. With that being said, I would love to close things out with an aspirational testimonial for you about the potentials that sacred sex can unlock for you. So what is an experience that you're like, oh, this is my sacred sex testimonial? The first time I ever experienced this, I was already curious. I was already open to the idea of sacred sex. And um, this woman was a few years older than me. And it was the first time that I ever had a woman ask me for consent um, to, to, to merge with my body. And I was just like blown away, like, 
wow, this is something that I've never experienced. So already I was like intimidated. I was like, she's going to eat me alive. I was like, what does she have me consenting to? I was like sweating already. I was like, oh God. Um, and I remember we were, we were in this space and um, um, it's like the Bill Withers and, and Grover Washington song. It's like just the two of us. Like, I see the crystal raindrops fall. Like I blacked out and literally that was like the actual experience that I had. Like I blacked out for a moment. Next thing you know, sweat all over me, crystallized sweat gleaming from the flickering from the candle in the room, um, hearing the frogs outside. And I could barely see her body. I see her eyes. And it's like our bodies linked up. Like it actually became like one. And we were connected through breath. Like we didn't breathe together. Like, um, like let's do this breathing practice. Like in the moment of the energy of us making love, our breaths actually synced up. And all I can hear was just our breaths together. And I remember I wasn't even penetrating at this point. I was just inside of her and we were just breathing and she was orgasming in the moment. She was orgasming and I was feeling this rush of heat and energy going up my back, my spine, top of my head, and like my eyes are rolling back and I was like, what is this? And then this voice came in my mind was like, you're touching the face of God. You're praying together. And I was like, God damn. <laughs> I was like, God damn, this is it. Brendan, you're phenomenal. And I want to share you with the world. And I know that people are dying to find out ways to engage with you in a more deeper, meaningful way. Uh, two words that I think really just beautifully describe the work that you do. So how do people find you? You can find me on the gram at Brendan Durrell. Um, when you come there, you can click the link in my profile and just get on my email list. Like I share things about Tantra, sexuality, um, all things mental health. And also I do a lot of conservation work. I bring groups of people into the Amazon rainforest. Um, which also Jared's meant to come at some point when a baby gets a little older. Um, I bring people in the jungle to get off the grid and experience. To me, it's the most tantric experience. So come over and also like, you'll see my memes, you'll see my things that I share, like I'm a wild card. So this brings us to the show close. And before we close out, I want to read some reviews that I've gotten on the podcast. Number one, because it's an opportunity for me to put the pressure on all of you to go and do the damn same if you haven't done it already, because these things make a big difference in the podcast world. Number two, there were some very insightful, very gracious reviews that I got that were critical, but important, and I want to share them. So H. Joy says, this episode with Sincere is all over the place, but I think Shan did her part to try and bring some understanding the most valuable takeaway was his awareness of who he is in situation, but obviously he still has a lot of work to do. Beauty MD 516 said, this is by far my favorite podcast. Thank you so much. But I will say that the two therapy-ish episodes are my least favorite. I especially was not a fan of the one with Sincere. I fought the urge to turn it off um, many times. Again, to clarify, I love your podcast. I appreciate your podcast point of view. Um, and I feel as though there's an opportunity for growth. And someone else said uh, that Minolta said, I found this episode quite interesting. I could hear so much pain in his voice. I think this podcast was the first step in people listening to him and getting more healing. It was insightful and informative, but they gave four stars because there's something to be said about the fact that this wasn't my strongest work. And I acknowledge that 
because I'm not a therapist. And my gift is in making conversations around sex, love, and relationships that feel inaccessible, a little bit more comfortable. That doesn't mean that I should be treading the line of going through very traumatic or heavy topics or navigating those with people who have not yet enlisted the help of a licensed professional so that they can present those in a much more clear way. It puts the burden of responsibility on me in a way that I am not equipped for and on you as a listener to try to figure out a meaning in the message, which you didn't sign up for. I mean, that's not what this is. This relationship dynamic is about. My goal here is to create a clear pathway for you to have jump off points to improve your sex, love, and relationship life. Not to be prescriptive, but again, like at the end of the episodes, you should be like, this was about this. Here's where I differed. Here's where I felt some ahas. And here's some questions I have. And you know what? You know what? These are the people that I want to go talk to next. Like those are the things that I want. I don't know why I'm getting an accent. Those are the things that I want for you to have at the end of episodes. I want for you to have that clarity and engaging in work with people who are not yet clear, just isn't going to get us there. And I had a lot of ahas from that for many different reasons, but thank you all for being gracious and going through that. And we'll keep doing that. Not to say that's going to be perfect, especially now that we're moving into this new territory of the unknown, this world of sacred sex. Um, Next week's episode is about dating in your 20s, so we're not like rebranding or anything like that, but nonetheless, this definitely is something that I am fascinated on, and I hope that my fascination turns to positive results. I think in the past, as I've tried to dabble into sacred sexuality, I actually took a course on the chakra unlockings years ago when I first moved to LA, and we drove two hours out to Redwood to take this course, and when I tell you guys, we knocked on the door, and a man in his mid to late 40s in a loincloth holding sage opened the door and I was like, check please. So maybe mentally I was already not on the right wavelength, but the rest of the course was just so cringy um, and boring. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope that um, I'm going to cleanse my palate. I'm gonna erase all the experiences I've had in this space that have led me to appreciate it for others, but definitely not be interested in it for myself. I'm going to cleanse all that and give it a fresh try and see if this is something that could unlock new potentials for me. And I want to see if this can help to lubricate that understanding. And I hope this podcast has helped to lubricate yours. And we'll end on that note. Talk next week. Lovers and friends, friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend, I say Lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end, I say